Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. Ole is out. The babyface assassin has been killed. Will Michael Carrick be the super sub that Man United need? We've had goal, goal, goals this weekend. Champions League is coming up. We probably won't talk about that. We've got results league uh, and all of our regular fun. Let's go. merry-go-round continues. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is out. Um, I've got two questions for you both, being Man United fans. Now, obviously, we talk an awful lot of Man United during this, but we can't really sort of miss out from this particular subject. Although there's a lot of managers going, so I kind of want to talk about managers in general. But for you guys, um, even one of you can go first, because I'm asking the question, so I can't go first. Do you think that this was a successful period for um, management under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. you want to take this, Mark? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Um, but it's not disastrous. Like, the bare minimum he was brought in to do was rebuild. And he did that. So in terms of, like, his achievements, he, he ticked off the base achievement. Ideally, he would have won some stuff during that time or just, I I don't know, set up a, a, set the team up in a better space. So like that would either be getting a winning mentality or getting a style of play or just having some identity and that he missed. So sorry, can I just just stop you there? Do you not think that's yet to be seen? Do you not think whoever takes over next, either Carrick or better? We can only really know once they've taken over in terms of that foundation. Well, yes and no. So, like, he he's redu- he's got rid of some of the the what seemed like toxic players and Deadwood players. Yeah, Deadwood players who were there only seemingly Changing for money. Cancers, yeah. yeah. And then um, he Arsenal, seems like basically. he's got yeah. He basically he he seemed like he got rid of a lot of those players. He he reduced the average age despite. Uh, and Ronaldo sort of bringing that back up. Um, but he, he sort of built a young team again. So in terms of what he was expected, I'd say he ticked off uh, what any reasonable person would say. What what he was lacking was that next step. So I, I don't want to sound like Gary Neville here, but like what what is Man United's style? What 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 do they want to do? What how do they play? What what are they trying to achieve? If you want to sound like Neville, you've got to say at this moment in time. Yeah. So that. So yeah. So I. I. I feel like Man United got the most scrutiny over the last two years because BT and Sky just seem to be full of ex-United players. So. I mean, was, I don't know. Was... Like I've, I've been saying it about Gary Neville. He's he's really become quite insufferable with it all, and and even Roy Keane, and they kind of just like. I get it. Man United is the biggest club, you know, arguably in the world, certainly in the Premier League. So they're always going to get a lot of focus on them. But the amount yeah. of yeah, scrutiny in terms of what Sky Sports have done with Roy Keane and, and Gary Neville, probably maybe it's like us. I mean, we talk about Man United all the time. It's hard to avoid. Yeah, but it just I thought it was a good comparison this weekend with Arsenal, who who got battered by Liverpool. 
And they basically, Arsenal got praised off the pitch by Sky Sports. They were like, well, they're not there yet, but we can see what Arsenal are doing. We can see their praise. And like, we didn't expect Arsenal to beat Liverpool. Well done, Arsenal, for, for going out there and, and trying. And it was like... Do you think, you're, you think the expectations for Man United should be the same as Arsenal right now? I mean, that's... that's no, what, no, but I think I wouldn't Arsenal, wish that on you or anyone. No, no, but Arsenal are a big club. Like, there's no denying it. And it's like, I, there was never a period where Man United under Oli was given a, oh, he's rebuilding. Even his first season, as soon as he, every time he had a little bad patch, he would manage to pull out a win out of, out of the bag. And like, every time there was a bad patch, he got like extra scrutiny, which... I, think know, I actually week... thought Gary Neville had started doing that like the last two or three weeks. I feel like he was, the last few weeks he just kept going, I'm not going to dig into him, I'm not going to dig into him. Um, and maybe kind of being a bit more relaxed. I don't know if he saw it coming and was just trying to be nice at the back end. Yeah, I think everyone did. I think the, the, the realisation this season that Oli had gone as far as he could. And the problem is, once you realise that, you should act, you might as well act quickly, isn't it? It's like, we're, what are you trying to achieve if, you, if you're just leaving someone who you think it's not going to get any better from here? And in fact, the last few weeks it went, it got worse. Like I watched the first half against against Watford and I had to turn it off. I was just so annoyed. I couldn't watch the second half. And it was like, even if we came back to win that game, I still would have been annoyed because it's like we end up every, it feels like every single match we had to go behind before players even bothered mm. trying. And it was like, there's only so many times you can come from behind to win. And as a one-off, it's exciting. But as a regular, regular occurrence, occurrence, yeah, it, it just gets frustrating and, yeah, at halftime, I, I, turn, I turned off and I've like, I don't do that very often. I was just like, I can't watch this. So, and um, successful, unsuccessful, Danny? Uh, well, I'm, in between. I'm, I, break, I think you can break Solskjaer's reign into three sections, into three periods, because you've got the first, the interim Let me period. get a pen and paper here. Go no, but in simple terms, you've got the interim period where he first came in and the goal was literally... I mean, didn't matter what he did, what he did, it'd have been good because you were coming from such a black cloud of where of Mourinho and his problems with Pogba and Luke Shaw and you name it and issues with the club and his playing style, whatever. Basically, whoever came in could have done a half decent job, but actually, he did probably better than everyone expected. Um, and that interim period, I remember the, the game against PSG and those results started getting some really good results, got us back into the top four, and you were, and you were like, okay, he's deserved actually the chance. When he got given the full-time contract, everyone went, yeah, you know what? He's earned that. He's deserved that because he's actually done a pretty good job. There's a feel-good factor back. He's bringing through some youth. I think the next period is then all the way up until the summer just gone. And I think through that period, there were ups and downs. And there was, a, there, I remember middle of the second year, there was massive calls for him to go. We went on a horrible streak. Uh, but then it was after COVID, but then the whole COVID stuff happened and we ended up on this amazing streak. He ended up finishing seconds. So we got through that. And I think we got all the way through to the summer. And I think the summer was a real key turning point because at that in July, they gave him a what three-year contract, four-year contract, something big. And at that point, I think the, the club went, no, this is our guy. We think he can take us to the next level. We think he's the guy to bring results and that we're going to spend big they went and spent you know they bought Varane they bought Sancho they brought Ronaldo in like this is the guy and I think that unfortunately is a mistake because I think we all could we all know we've been saying it for god knows how long we all know Oli was great at what he did he was right for that job is he an elite tactician is he an elite manager up there with the Tuchels and the Klops and the Guardians of course he's not he hasn't got the experience to be he's probably just not was never that kind of manager anyway I think that was a mistake and so there was a chance this would always come. 
And then you, you get, you know, a few weeks back, which we, we were sat here in one of our pods a while back before the Atlanta games, for the Liverpool and City games. We were saying, look, this is this is make or break for Oli because this is a, if we lose these, they have to get rid of him because we need to save the season. And when we lost that 5-0 against Liverpool, for them, for United to come out and back him and say, we still think he's the right guy to the end of the season, I think that's where things broke down because you go, actually, no, that was the moment where it, we, we could see the Atlanta game was a mess. The Liverpool game was a mess. The City game was a mess. He should have been going already. And so this Watford thing has been coming. It was probably the worst performance I've seen in years. Literally, yeah, I watched that game and it was, as Mark said, it was from moment one when Bruno Fernandes did that sort of miss kick in the first two minutes and they got the penalty and the mess with the penalty. I mean, it was a mess. Uh, but that was coming. I think that was the mistake in the summer. Was the, And that's because United have no plan. And my, my worry... I'm really, really worried because it's the same problem we've had for years now is it doesn't matter what manager you put in that position. I don't know how successful they can be when you don't fix the problem at the director of football level, at the ownership level, at that. You know, I know Ed Woodward's going, but they've just signed him back up for two years as a full-time consultant or something. He's not really going. He's just getting paid more money. So I do really worry for whoever comes in, even if they're brilliant, I don't know with that with that environment that they've built at United. I, I don't know how you can create a successful dynasty like they have at Liverpool and City and everywhere else until they think that. Yeah, well, that's what's what's kind of got me here a bit because now we could talk about it a bit when um, I want to talk about kind of managers in general. You know, I was quite ardent that I I didn't think Alec Gunnar Solskjaer was going to go, and the main reason for that was because I didn't think that they had a plan or they have a plan to do it, and you know clearly. It's always weird when it's like after international break, first game gone, you're like, why didn't you just do it at the start? And then maybe you've got a couple of weeks to kind of address some issues or change the manager or find someone. You know, it's such a weird time. Two days before um, massive game tomorrow. You know, huge, absolutely like, huge. This isn't, yeah. It's a pivotal. So you don't, want, you don't want to change things up unless you've got someone in the wings. It doesn't seem like they do. Even if they do, what can they really do now to to improve the squad so much so that it's going to salvage your season. So I thought that Man United were, I don't know, smart enough or, or savvy enough. Uh, maybe this is just something that's going on in general, but not to get rid of him in this moment, because I think he could still at least steady the ship until the end of the season. I don't think, yeah, bad result against Liverpool. Arsenal proved that not you know more than one team was capable of looking dumb in front of Liverpool. This game against Watford, now I... One question I do want to put to you guys is that do you do you think that the injury time goals is what did it for him? Like two one. By half time we should have been three or four down. I mean it yeah. was atrocious. It was well, so I, you know I'm like I'm like four four two one against Watford away from home. You can you can have a result like that. Maybe the performance wasn't the best, but like no. All right, I was just thinking. I was like imagine him thinking I'm not not in a bad place, and then you get two ninety plus minute goals. It just Nothing yeah, I, it, it's it probably did affect United. And, and the thing, uh, as Danny said about United not having a plan, is I actually think up until about mid-August or whenever they had a plan. And mm-hmm. like Paul Merson did a, a, a column today on um, Ronaldo ruin, basically ruined the plan. Like, is he, chased... Sorry, is Paul Merson becoming just like the hot take artist who's just coming out with some of the most outlandish stuff lately that's just just there just to get well, headlines. Because every time I, I see think him, the it's headline, like headlines a bit nonsense. The head, but, if, but essentially what he's saying is United chased Sancho for two summers, got Sancho and got Varane, and then deadline day got Ronaldo from what 
it seemed like Ronaldo just said, I want to leave Juventus. And then it was like, oh, we've got our plan. We've got, uh, essentially, we've got Rashford, Greenwood. We'll, we'll have Cavani there for some games. And then now we've got Sancho. So we've got three young players who can learn from Cavani. And then Ronaldo came available deadline day. And it was like, we just can't afford to say no to this. Uh, No, but then what I think it does is it it threw the plan up because I don't think, I think the team has been suffering. And like, I think you can't, there's a few players you can't play together. And Ronaldo and Pogba's two of them. And and he's chose... The same Bruno as well. Yeah. And he's chose that Pogba will be that that scapegoat, maybe because Pogba's leaving or looks like he might leave whatever. He's out for a year, isn't he? He's out for like six months, something, Pogba, I think. Yeah, and it's it's always funny when a player's out and you're like, but that's convenient. You weren't even playing. (laughs) Well, we'll see when the new manager comes in if he is out or not. But he's obviously he's out. Well, when 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 they start listing stuff um, as the season goes on, I'll be like, oh, all the injuries, Pogba, Van der Beek, and you know probably players that weren't even playing. You're like, you know, they're not the reason why you're going to continue to lose. No, I I, after I can't remember it was the Liverpool game. He said, are we going to see some? some big changes, and we didn't. We still saw the same team. Like That team that started against Watford is the, like a predictable lineup. And uh, I think the plan did go out, out the window a little bit. Who else is there? What, in the squad? Yeah. Well, Van der Beek could have started. He looked great when he came on. He's the only player that looked half decent, to be fair. There are, the one thing United have is an unbelievable squad of players. They really do. Martial, Van der Beek, there's players that just haven't had a look in at the moment that if they had a bit of confidence and were playing well. And, that, and that's it. It's they're not, it's, they haven't even had much of a look in. It's like Nothing. they get five minutes here and no, there no. and you're like, Lingard. Look at Lingard. that's what's been a stru- the struggle. It's not, it's not like, uh, who was it? It was like when Mourinho played someone and then was like, look, see, I told you he was bad. Which player? He did that to a United player. And, was um, it, I thought that was a, at Spurs, right? When he said that, wasn't I that think he might Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that with him? Um, oh, that's a Mourinho. He do he does that everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> but at least he'd give the guy ninety minutes and be like, "Look, see, I told you he was no good." And uh, but like, I'd be yeah, like, he did oh. that with uh, Callum Hudson Odoi at Chelsea. I remember when he was younger as well. I so, think that I think that the the Ronaldo thing was really like uh, going into it. You kind of think, all right, you know, it can't be a bad signing. It's not. Maybe it's not going to be Ronaldo of old. Watching him play in that Man United side, I feel like he's such a drain on the team. Oh, I really yeah. do. Like it's really it really takes away from what the squad's trying to do. He just doesn't. He's got zero effort in trying to close anyone down. But he's also not making a lot of runs. I don't think he makes himself available enough for players to kind of feed the ball into. Yeah, he can still strike a fucking ball. He's still amazing at it. But he's not even getting himself in a position where he can take a shot. And I don't even know what he expects. I really don't like what he's done since he's been... I, I don't know. I, I, it's so easy to use Ronaldo as a scapegoat. And, you know, I, I was reading a thing this, this morning. Well, the to Pogba. well or one or the other. It depends if you're Sunas or not. But, I mean, uh, you know, they were saying about how Ronaldo has had five managers in two, like three seasons now. Uh, and they were saying, you know, Allegri had this five, six year stable thing. Ronaldo comes in, all of a sudden he's gone. Then Pirlo's gone. Then he comes in to United now and Oli's had this three years. Now he's gone. And they're saying, you know, managers don't know what to do with him. You can't not play him. You can't not have him. He's so good. But what do you do with him? I don't I don't yeah. know if I buy that. I think he's an easy scapegoat. And I think... Um, hold on, Dan. So when you watch him play for Man United, you're 
you're pleased with his performance. But, but the problem in Man United yeah. isn't just that. So we played for years with Lukaku, where he wasn't tactically told really what to do. And, and we, all right, he made runs and he ran out. But he was, wasn't that useful. He didn't hold the ball up well. There was We've played with players that haven't been great. We've played with Ibrahimovic and we won the European Cup with him um, and got to an FA Cup final with him. And he had similar issues in that the ball had to go through him. He didn't make right. You know, there were issues, but we were able to win games and play to use him tactically. The problem is bigger with United. One, because of the ta- Oli's tactics, defensively, it's just a, a mess. And when De Gea comes out and says, we just don't know what to do with him without the ball, you're like, come on. You, yeah, but De Gea, can be quiet. De-, De Gea can be quiet a bit, I think, because yeah, there's nowhere close to clear. being a goalkeeper. Whoever it is, right? It's clear. When players start, you can see they don't know what to do. They tactically aren't smart. There isn't, they aren't working together. They're not pressuring off the ball. The running stats, United are the worst in the league. So fitness-wise, they're horrible. You know that. Yeah, but Dan, I mean, just... I mean, you, you look at running stats. What, what do you think that is? You think that's managers or is that players just not even not yeah, feeling motivated enough to do it? But you tell me. You look at right. Conte, what do you make of Bruno at the end right. of the Watford game? What do you make of Bruno at the end of the Watford game? Telling the crowd to be quiet and saying, no, you know, it's, yes, it's the players' fault, it's not the manager's yeah. fault. I mean, I, if you've still got players that are going to stand for you, I don't know how many of the players would have done that except for Bruno, but if you've got one of them, at least, and you assume there might be a few others standing for you in moments like this and saying, no, yeah. you need to put That's the players on. he's a nice guy and they like him. But this is a, a team full of what should be superstars, egomaniacs, earning millions of pounds, most of them in their early 20s. This is a team that needs order. This is a team that needs telling what to do. And this is a team that needs respect. And I don't think your best mate or your friend, uh, you know, they know they're safe, they know they're fine. Like, I I just think they need someone to come in with a bit of stature to go in and go, what the fuck? Look at you guys. Conte came in and said the first game, he was like, half of them are overweight and the other half can't run. It's like, this is a joke. And you're like, yeah, that's true. They are. So sort it out. Yeah, I I do think United lack someone who understands and the full 90-minute tempo of the game, I think. What do you mean by player or manager? A player. Someone who knows yeah. when you should be keeping the ball, when you should... Like, you you watch Liverpool and and it's, it's how Jordan Henderson still plays for one of the best Premier League teams. It's because his football IQ is so good. It's like... Declan Rice, I'm telling you. Yeah, you watch United and, and like Bruno has been terrible. And one reason he's been terrible is he doesn't recognise when United are under the cosh. And yeah. you'll be like, I, we want Bruno to take risks. He should be the one trying the flicks and the one-time passes. But you're like, not when we haven't had the ball for 10 minutes. When we haven't had the ball for 10 minutes, play the simple pass to the right back, play that back, get a couple minutes where you can get your shape back. But no one seems to recognise that. Fred... Fred tries, but he hasn't got it. McTominay, he's got to learn it. He doesn't seem to have it. There's yeah. Matic, Matic is the only one I would say who who is, and he's the only one. But he's just too old now. He's just he too just, old, yeah. yeah, and he's yeah. not mobile enough to play and to to cope with what's needed in that midfield when you've got Ronaldo, yeah. Bruno, Sancho, everyone running forward. He's not mobile enough. Is this Maguire? The Maguire of late is—is is this what Maguire is, or is he just underperforming? Nah, this is this massively underperforming. Like, look at Maguire yeah. for England. You look at Maguire for United in the last t- two years. Take out this year, Maguire's been up there as one of the it's best. It's a shame Man United can play San Marino. Otherwise, Ma- Maguire would look great. Like, no, but, look, he's but, been great. He was in the team of the season last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think there's I think there's 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 obviously something that's wrong in terms of um, the team. 
I don't know if it's their setup. I don't know if they are motivated. I don't know if they're just disillusioned now because they're quality players. But Shaw's underperforming, Maguire's underperforming, Pogba's underperforming at times. Bruno is all their star, star players, the ones that you look to to perform well, just aren't. And yeah, you know, and and Maguire's celebration for England clearly shows that they're all watching Sky Sports after the game. Yeah, and they're frustrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, hopefully it will work out for them now because I think. Like, you know, it's easy for us. We've seen that clip of, of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer talking about um, his time there, which is lovely and, and probably something unique to him rather than kind of like the norm of, of, of managers. And it's easy to kind of look at that and think, oh, do you know what? He's all right. But it's clearly something that needs changing. He's probably the scapegoat rather than, like yeah. you said, Dan, some of the more kind of, I don't know, systemic, not to use that word too too loosely, Within no, United, the massive systemic problem in the hierarchy of that club. It, it doesn't really matter. It's like it's so much like who, who's gonna who's gonna be able to come in with a, with the ability and the gravitas at this point. But they've come out and said they want an interim manager. So it's a joke in itself. What yeah. uh, Man United? You've still got a chance of getting top four. You still got a chance of winning some trophies. Don't What? I don't believe all all the news, but by the sounds of it, Poch wants oh, United. United. And I'm you... like, if he's willing to to walk out of. Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe to come manage Rashford, then like Greenwood, and you're like, you got the best front three in the world. If if you're willing to leave that to come manage us, I, I will welcome you because because that is a at the moment like you look at that PSG team that that's a that's football manager dream, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, I won't, well, I won't go into potential managers for Man United because there's going to be names flying around. Even Bruce is flying around this evening. I'm laughing at that. Yeah, I saw, I saw a tweet saying, I don't care how old Steve Bruce is, he's available and he'll be better than Maguire at the back. <laughs> <laughs> I must yeah. say, it is bad when Maguire gets sent off and as your own fan, you're like, after his celebration for England and stuff, when he got sent off, I was a bit like, Serves you right, you, you like yeah. It is bad when you you feel that way about one of your own players, and you're like, you shouldn't. Where if you're going to do that celebration, back it up with, with a couple of weeks of good performances. Yeah, and you know what United have got next? What Carrick's got? Chelsea away with no Varane and no Maguire. Yeah. Good do you luck. guys do you guys find it weird when the number two takes over? Like as if Carrick has yeah, been like, there the whole time. Like, yeah. oh, what's Ollie doing this for? Why is Ollie playing this way? Why is Ollie doing that? All right, now's my chance. I'm drastically tactically. Well, I mean, I mean, right? Duncan Ferguson fucking nailed that job. He, he he obviously didn't have. It wasn't allowed to say a word. And then when he took that job, he transformed the Everton team for like eight weeks and was unbelievable. So yeah, and I don't yeah. know, like. You, you extrapolate that. I know at least in my, my current job, hopefully no one hit from there is listening. But my manager previously was terrible. And as soon as they, they went off for three, three months uh, paid leave and I was acting up, oh, I couldn't change uh, more stuff quicker. Like I was just waiting for them to go. And then they m- were made redundant two months later. I mean, that's what happened. So you just sit there and you wait for your opportunity, especially if you're working under someone. Because you've all, outside of Danny, you've all got to take like... But I, uh, but- uh, but I would helps um, from other people. So you know, you're just waiting for your turn, basically, and then you can start implementing some changes. Yeah, but social didn't. It, I I would say, without any know, knowing this at all, but just from an outside point of view, I would imagine social takes on board quite a bit what his backroom team say. He he often mentions them. He the bit he teared up in the interview was actually talking about Carrick. And he talks about him, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, jokes I'd aside, be surprised Mark, I think... if he didn't listen to him at all. I think, like, it just happens. I think that's why 
And I want to talk about managers in general. I think this is because what is it that teams expect? They get rid of their manager because it seems like you can't get rid of the players because that comes out. That, that's a different kind of cost, isn't it? That 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 yeah, works only, towards like what your financial fair play yeah. is still going to be down in your books. Um, you can't get rid of the entire. You can't get rid of like general managers in general because it's not really going to be anything that they can change. The only ones that you can replace are managers, right? Well, the head so coach. They just have their now known the head coach. Or head yeah. coach or managers or whatever it is that they've done. I mean, what are we up to now? Six managers being let go? Is that six or seven now in the Premier League? This yeah. Season? And if you look at the history of them, they were brought in to be scapegoats and they still are <laughs> yeah. today. And, like, and, they're talk, there's talk of Leicester getting rid of Brendan Rodgers. Three weeks ago, he was seen as the he's Man United's Man United's answer, yeah. Uh, three and weeks I, later, yeah. he's suddenly a bad manager who's, who's now reached capacity with Leicester. And you're like, but this is yeah. what I don't get about. It's it's really it's it feel like it's been this slow build up for season after season after season. This year it's ridiculous. How many managers are just getting let go? For what reason? I really don't have any idea. Because again, what do these teams expect from the from the players that they have, from the setup that they've got? Are they just looking to appease the fans? Because I think at that point it's like, all right, guys, we're making some moves here. We're just, we're making some changes just so we can get the fans on side. I can't see again with Man United. I just, I was just so adamant that they had no plan. So how could they get rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Uh, same thing with Newcastle to a degree. Although bringing in Eddie Howe, I like Eddie Howe, so I'm quite looking forward to seeing what he does say. You got Dean Smith. Really hold on, answer. hold on. You got Dean Smith that goes from Aston Villa and literally like he's literally driving on his way home and does a does a U-turn or whatever and he goes straight to Norwich. He's like, all right, let me get a premier in. I'm in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what is going on? What is it? What is it that you think that teams are doing or what they expect? And do you even think this is a good or bad thing? Do you think about it at all in terms of how quickly sometimes, change, I, I, sometimes you need change. Like it sometimes things come to their natural conclusion. The amount yeah. the amount of the amount of teams that are committing these uh, uh what I think is an offense to to football by changing yeah. these managers because I don't know I what think... you expect. I think it makes it hard to to really back your manager, like because as we, we we both support teams which had a manager for a long time, and then that manager becomes part of your club. You you like there's talk of Wenger should get a statue, like you, you can no longer be like that. You just got to see him as a short term asset. They're a head like, coach. They're not and, a manager. And, and you and you got to be prepared that, that someone who manages your team could soon be managing your rival. Like that, there's less loyalty in managers than there will be in uh, players. So you can't fit. Like I, I can't see Klopp going to a, a Liverpool rival. No. That, that's kind of an exception. You don't know um, that. I mean, you could have said that about Rafa Benitez and look at him. Yeah, straight away maybe. What an arsehole. Yeah, yeah. Not straight away maybe, maybe but maybe some seasons down. Yeah, line. maybe. Yeah, and that's it. You look- can't. You can't look really at managers the same way, but and it's because and 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 it's because the amount of fans that also turn on the manager. So I don't hate but on. Are they being bred? Are they are fans being bred to to turn on their managers because of the way that they've been treated? I think so. I think. It's I mean, if easy, Sean Dyche was out, if Burnley, if Burnley, if Burnley was any other club, Sean Dyche was at any other club, he'd be he would have been gone a long time ago. But Burnley yeah. know who they are. They, they're choosing to stick with him because their directive is just literally just to stay in the Premier League as long as possible. How is it that a Norwich feel like they're above what they're doing and they're trying to... Well, Hold on. They change to, to, be fair to, Norwich, to be fair to Norwich, they stuck with Farker when he took him up and then when he took him back down and then he brought them back up. And to be fair, they stuck with him for long enough. And when, when Farker first came to Norwich, 
no one had heard of him and he had a really bad start and they stuck with him and said no this is our guy it's going to work out they're the terrible so they got relegated like that i know i know it seems harsh now you're like well hold on you're only a quarter of the way through the season and suddenly you're firing him but the guy had four years he did did well and, and probably came to the end of a cycle it's probably time to rebuild the team they're probably looking at it going look we need to move some players on we want to invest in the team we don't think this guy's going to be here for the long term so now's the time to change and you know if we can get a manager bounce at that even better and then oh look and they were all ready to sign Lampard and then oh look what's his name just been five master villa he's a way better manager yeah let's get him in because he also yeah. knows the championship and so if we need to get out of that he can get us out of that so, so I think the way that managers are getting dealt with in general you're you're pretty okay with i think that's football and i think they know it they get paid the big bucks because you know they, i'm not saying i feel bad for they get paid out I'm not, look don't get me wrong i'm not saying i feel bad for them i'm just wondering if this is a conducive for any football club to say all right we're gonna this is a good thing for us so, so do you know what i i would look i know klopp is a, a, a different breed right but you look at um liverpool and there i've forgotten the guy's name who's stepping down this year who's their director of football who's been unbelievable for them and he's you know oversaw buying a salad and buying it on it whatever else. And they've got his deputy guy who's going to be stepping in. Now, I know they've got Klopp, but if they didn't have Klopp, that, then they need to go and get another coach or Klopp left tomorrow. Regardless of who he is and whatever, they went and got another good coach. You'd still back the board and the, the way the structure of Liverpool and the people they've got in place above him, their director of football, their technical director, their ownership. They know how to run a club. They know how to run sports franchises. They've got people who understand football. They know how to go and hire. There's a lot of clubs that don't have that. And so that's why when you see this sudden change at United or Spurs, great example, who also don't really have that. They didn't quite nailed that. So even though they're a bit better prepared and they let go of Nuno because Conte is available or they let go of Poch because Mourinho was available, whatever. So they, they at least know what they're doing in that sense. They don't have the structure above it to be able to always still maintain what they are. And I think that's what you need because coaches now, head coaches, that's what you're hiring. And a coach can come and go. You're not hiring managers. You need directors of football, technical directors. You need everyone else to run the commercial, everything else. It's just too too big. It's too big businesses. It's too important. You can't have an Alex Ferguson running the club like he did 20 years ago. It's just not how football works. And I think that's the problem with a lot of these clubs. They don't have that structure yet. They're not set up. I don't know. I just, yeah. I just, yeah. I just, there's, something, there's something, I don't know why. There's just something really unsettling about it all, to me. That's because it's, we're not used to it, because we've gone through the Premier League history of the last yeah. years of the manager is the manager. But now, we're, you know, imagine it's the um, the defensive coach or imagine it's the whatever, right? If they come and go, we don't know. They just come and go, but they might be vital and key to the way that they play, but they come and go and we don't even hear about it. This is now just the head coach that's coming and going. What do you reckon about Eddie Howe then, Mark? Good move, bad move? Uh, I liked Howe at Bournemouth. I've, yeah. What did he have? Four years in the Premier League and... Uh, the only uh, the only time yeah the only time he looked like getting relegated was the year they did but for for three four years they they improved every season so so this is like he, the test, test as a bigger club for a minute yeah uh, for now yeah uh, the thing is Newcastle if you get your buy in with the fans early they'll back they'll back the manager like they showed Steve Bruce and Rafa Benitez are almost identical in their stats, like goals scored, goals conceded, games won. There, there, there's almost no difference. But if you ask the Newcastle fan, one's the Messiah and one's the worst thing that's ever happened to the club. And it's like, it's one's funny. One's a very, Brad... very naughty boy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so branding matters a lot. And Eddie Howe has always, always held his brand quite well. Like, I think the fact he didn't just rush into any old, any old team was a sign that 
he he valued he, his his brand. So I think he will get some some chance some chances there. And um, yeah, I think it it'll work out right. I think it's a really shrewd move, actually, because, you know, there was everyone was saying, oh, Emery, it's done. Emery's in. And I'm, I, I remember I kept looking at it thinking, Emery doesn't last more than 18 months there. He can't speak the language. <laughs> he he's not going to know. He doesn't understand Newcastle. Imagine him and Newcastle trying to understand each other. I, I, like, I know like, we joke, but genuinely, there's that. But also, like, he, he didn't quite have the time he needed at Arsenal. And he's done great on the continent. He's done great in Europe. This isn't going to be Newcastle in, in the Europa League for the next few years. Like, it's just not... Emery, for me, was not the right decision. I thought if they were going down that route, I was worried for them. I was thinking, here we go, some new owners, just a big-name European manager that they think will do a great job. They don't know what they're doing. And then when I heard about how, I was like, you know what? Actually, fair enough. They, that is actually a pretty shrewd move because it could go wrong. And that's and if it does, they've at least tried to do the right thing, which is bring in a good but young how, manager. How would stick with them? That's that's one of the big things. Yeah. If they get relegated, yeah. you're not going to see an Emery in the championship. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So that's why I think uh, that, that gives me some hope for Newcastle fans that although it might not be the big name they wanted, it's not the Conte and whoever that they really thought they were going to get all of a sudden because they're now a big six team. But uh, it's I think it's a smooth, it's a it's the right decision. I well, think. this is one of those ones where it's like we we as a club with this manager can hopefully grow together because how you know I think deserving of a chance to work at a club that's you know Premier League bound. Uh, big club, Bournemouth, you know, what they're seating, like 10,000 a week or something, it's so small, you know. Newcastle is a big club in the waiting, wants to kind of relive their glory days of, of, of actually being a team that could hopefully contend for top four, top six. I don't know if Howe's going to get in there, but he's certainly going to try and get them off. off but, I know yeah, how exciting. Which Newcastle shouldn't be batting for relegation you in that. Yeah, and um, you know they, he's got players that he's familiar with in Wilson. Fraser and hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically the whole Bournemouth team. It's <laughs> funny because at Bournemouth, I always felt like the players he had or got for cheap were the ones that did really well, and everyone he spent big money on was a flop. And yeah. it's like, so that'll be interesting once he gets the money who he brings in. Yeah, if he uh, gets them, but I think he just needs to just focus on actually just trying to play football. You know, get the team yeah. performing well. They've got good players. I mean. They've got really, really good players and, and just a bit more organisation. Will you be able to manage a club of that size? Yeah, I, I, I'm actually looking forward to it. I have all the kind of yeah. new managers and stuff. I'm looking. I'm, yeah. I've always thought he deserves a big club. Did you see the news today about Southgate talking to managers? Hey, he got yeah. what signed for a two years extension on top four of that. Are you sure? I heard on the radio two years today. 24. Uh, okay. Is it not four years from now? So two years extension. Yes, yeah, it was two years extension. Oh, yeah. Three, two years left. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, four more years. I, I'm I'm surprised. Of, yeah, he's really look, on I, the edge of isn't he? Mark, like, to say, sorry, Dan. It's like you're surprised by. It. I think managers will always get extended because they know they'll they can they can be cut early. You know, that's my point. Well, I'm not surprised by Southgate. Of course, he's going to sign it. Of course, he's going to take it. I'm surprised by the FA. The FA is not a Liverpool. The FA is not a multi-billion pound revenue engine. The FA is broke. Like The FA had to make half their players, half their staff redundant last year because they haven't got any money. This isn't a company that has yeah. billions of revenue coming in. It can just afford to have, you know, managers come through the door left, right and centre. This is a... And there's no need to sign I, That's what I they're found. Like, the yeah, if they were a bit... If they're a bit savvy, there is not a queue of clubs coming in for Southgate. Exactly. There's no, there was no need really to do it other than just to show him a bit of loyalty for 
for doing well. At- and you know what? They, or did they think there's no one in line afterwards? Maybe. I mean, it's yeah. No but, but you, you normally lock players and stuff in because you think, all right, someone's going to come in. If if a Newcastle came yeah. in for Southgate, they at least they can get some compensation if he's on a longer contract. But unfortunately, no matter how well Southgate does, like he's going to he's going to struggle. Yeah, he's going to struggle. He's got. It's, Talking about Eddie Howe's got a good brand. Southgate's almost like the opposite. I feel yeah. like even if he wins the World Cup, it, it will probably even harm him a, a, even really? more. Like Why? He's, do you not like Southgate? I, I do, I'm but actually, I think he's I got a reputation game. of not being yeah. super like tactical. I, I think his brand's just off. I think no club would touch him. And and I completely agree. Completely. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I mean, you... don't get me wrong. I love him. What he's done for England and for football. I remember a few years ago before, you know, I didn't even want to watch England games. I literally mm. hated it. It was yeah. so boring. I remember I once got tickets to an England game and I didn't, I didn't want to go. I gave them away. Well, what did we watch? watch uh, Macedonia, the nil-nil where Kevin Davis came on. It was, oh, and it you're was like, bad. It? It was how bad can we get? But he came and transformed England. Like, absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about getting to finals and semi-finals of competitions. That's never happened in our lifetime. Yeah. I never that we don't even worry about qualifying anymore. No, exactly. Like, and, and so that, I get it. I completely get it. He deserved it. But from the FA's point of view, be a bit smart, be a bit savvier. He's not going anywhere. No one's going to take him. He doesn't want to go. He loves England and he wants to go and win the World Cup. If we have a catastrophe next year in Qatar and go out in the group stages and don't win a single game, what do you do with your manager that's got three years left that's now going to get absolutely slated? What do you do? They must be fine financially. They'll just get rid of them and get someone else. I mean, that's what they're not. I mean, well, you said oh, they must be fine financially. Yes, they are broke. They've got no money. Yeah, and and then it's also as you say, who's on the horizon? Well, there are like we're talking about Eddie Howe. We're talking about Gerard. Graham Potter. The job. They're in two. I don't think it's going to be an English manager after Southgate. I think. It, I, I think Southgate brought some real class back. He he reminded. He's just basic. You say for, you for say me, the is a classless mark. No, but I, I don't think they're the well, no, because it was Sam Allardyce before him who, who really hit rock bottom with it. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was Sam Allardyce, uh, remember? Yeah. yeah, but like for me, I felt like both my international team and my club team have had basically the same manager. And Southgate is just like Ollie, like yeah. he adds yeah. class, you want to see him do well, you know, there's a ceiling, but you really hope like something breaks through it and and in international football that's probably works out better because it's not a long-term yeah. thing you just need moments to win games so yeah. you need a culture like you need a better culture it's hard to get much kind of um tactical stuff in the amount of time exactly, you have yeah. but if you look at just trying to build a, a good culture which is um i think gareth southgate really did you oh, know maybe. the amount of times you used to watch england and it was just so lackluster and there was no there was no effort it just looked they'd beat egypt but it'd be a two nil win and it would look horrible yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we were in 10-0 and we're like, you know, that was good fun, actually. I enjoyed watching that game. Yeah, like exactly. he, he has been yeah. a little bit inconsistent. Beating postman, you know, it's not too bad. But he also did bring back the structure and said, okay, we want the under-21 players to have a yeah. route through and stuff. And little things like that yeah. matter a little. Like, I really like how he's handled Callum Hudson-Odoi, actually, because... I, did you see he refused to play uh, in this international break because he was going to be put in the under 21s and he refused he said no I don't want to play in the under 21s and which is obviously ridiculous he's an, he's an idiot but I think it's because he looks at all the players he probably played with at youth level who are all you know the sackers in the world are all now in the first team right they're all playing regularly Emil Smith Rowe all of them have gone above him and he was probably the best player in the, in the team at the time all through the youth 
but he's just not done his time. He's not got his head down. He's not done what they do. And I, I really like, you know, Southgate came out and went, you know, if you're not going to play for our under-21s, you're not going to play for our senior team because this is how it works. Like, And you can see the under-21 team that won the under-19s, under-21s coming through, the Calvert-Lewins, the those lot. Foden's, they're still coming through and still playing and winning stuff with England, so nearly winning stuff with England. So yeah. I think he's doing the right, he's doing the right thing structurally, yeah. Do you want to talk about games as as they are from the weekend, or should we do it through results league? Yeah, I can't remember what the results league uh, what we picked. I don't think I've got mine right. No, I've got it right here. Well, this weekend was heaps and heaps of Premier League goals, which was good. Uh, not good for uh, both results league or accumulators. I was so close to one really powerful one, uh, just didn't quite work out. Oh, Mark, I didn't realise you voted for Gerard to lose on his debut. Actually, Gerard might not have even been manager when we picked that. What do you mean you voted yeah. for? No, no, I did. I thought I, I thought you either get the manager instant or they take a game or two to to, to work out. So Fair well to be fair, I went for the manager's gonna have an impact straight away, Eddie Howe. Just didn't know he was gonna have COVID and be at home. <laughs> yeah, still though, a decent result. Three three with Brentford. Like is that a good result? I, I for your still first game, I just think no, because I think that like you want you want you want a game that's fairly exciting. I don't think Hopefully Newcastle fans don't leave that game thinking, oh, this is a bunch of nonsense. Like, yeah, you want to get a result at home, but, you know, a senior team score three goals is always nice, even though they conceded three goals also. Um, Brentford just up and down. What are you going to do? Uh, Palace as well. Because, like, I think Palace would be happy with their 3-3, even though it's up against Burnley. It's like these teams struggle to score historically, teams that have bottom of the half or lower so to see them scoring I think your your history of Palace is clouding that if you look at Palace's last few results Palace haven't struggled to score at all they've been actually amazing under Vieira uh, no one expected they've been scoring freely even Benteke scoring goals like, what's going on no that's what I'm saying though I'm like I'm like even though they've scored what's this I'm looking at their results now they've got heaps of draws but they're just scoring those they're just conceding lots so I'm just saying that they they'll be somewhat happy probably not as ecstatic the same thing with, with Newcastle's and stuff like that. Um, Dean Smith will be ecstatic. I mean, Norwich to come back from uh, early 1-0 as well. Timo Puki. I mean, if he scores 15 goals a season, they'll be staying up all day long. I have to say, I don't know if you saw... Do you see Che Adams' goal for Southampton? Did you, did you see? No, I can't remember. I have to say, I don't know that there's any striker that can score in the league that can score goals like he can score. And I don't mean because he's that talented. But they're just so bizarre, some of the goals he scores. He's probably done three or four this season where he's like completely off balance and like toe pokes it and it like slams top corner where he's like got no space or nothing. Somehow he's bent it in a... And yeah, I don't know how you scored from there, but I feel like he does that so regularly and he's the only guy I've seen that can do it. It's a really bizarre kind of player, Che Adams. He just can't score one-on-ones, basically. Yeah, he can't score an easy chance. But yeah. when he's surrounded by three players and he's like leaning the wrong way and suddenly bang, top corner. Nowhere, now. Yeah, he's got like two, three players draped all over him. And he he's just... out of nowhere. You're like, what? How, how did you even do that? You watch the replay. You're like, I'm not quite sure how you had the power. <laughs> he's the right. But he's done that a few times this season. He did it for Scotland not long ago. So I was like, how does he do that? It's such a weird goal scorer. Um, yeah, good result for Norwich. And uh, hopefully Dean Smith will be happy with that. I don't think they're going to stay up, though. <laughs> no chance. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal we'll talk about Arsenal if you like did anyone watch that fucking pathetic some of it I, I actually yeah. missed the Arsenal Didn't game it? good yeah it was a terrible game I mean Arsenal 
were like good for about 20 minutes. And I was watching it at some friends' house who don't really watch football. And I was like, Liverpool were just waiting. They're just letting Arsenal see what they've got, let them play around a bit. And I think the problem with that was they gave Arsenal this idea that they can actually play. And this is what my biggest fear was of the game. We'll lose against Liverpool. Fine, that's great. You know, let's not get thumped. And I just didn't want to see like four or five nil. Yeah, but they were they were late goals. Like, I mean, the thing, the funny thing about it, I, I it was mean, late goals. What about you telling me uh, Man United didn't get thumped against Watford? They're late. Goals. Man United should have been four 0 down at half time. They were. That's different to Arsenal shouldn't have been four 0 down at half time. Okay. The funny thing is that I mean, I only know from match today because I watched the highlights. That's what I watched a bit. But they said that it was a completely flat and dead game for the first forty minutes, and then that fight between Arteta and Klopp happened. All of a sudden, yeah. the stadium. Because well, what what they said that Arsenal did really well, which is why they were praising in the first half, is they shut. Anfield up. They literally they shut the game down. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I watched the, what... I watched the game in full and I watched match today and I didn't quite understand what they were talking about in respect to that. I was like, mm. they, they didn't shut them up. They just didn't start. Liverpool were just waiting and then decided, all right, let's just let's just kick on here. Um, maybe the the little argument had something to do with. It. I have no idea. Sky Sports but, made out that was the turning point. They Liverpool were like... Liverpool weren't in any danger. There was no jeopardy, and then they just started scoring. That was basically it. Yeah, and and if anything, like Liverpool, it could have been more by the end. Like you say, late late goals. Two goals. Like the Arsenal late... conceded themselves. They passed the ball straight to J- uh, Jota, and he scores. And there was yeah. one other one as well. It's not like uh, that. That's what pisses me off. Finish from Jota. Eh? It was, but I mean, it was literally he he got the assist from Tavares. I mean, yeah. come on, like. Don't kill yourself. Just don't kill yourself. And that's what Arsenal do sometimes. I, I, look, I, you know, eight, eight game winning streak or whatever it was for Arsenal. It's very tough to go to Anfield and beat Liverpool. It's very tough. Not many you teams can't go there thinking, You can't go there beating tin cans for eight games and then decide, all right, well, we're going to play the same way. You can't handle that pressure that Liverpool puts on you. They press so high into you. And if you haven't got the ability to receive that ball and pass it on and there's no other players making themselves available, you're going to end up losing the ball in your fucking, in your own third and conceding goals, which the is funny what they thing do. About this is we started the whole conversation about Oli talking about there's no real, there's no style of play, right? There's no structure. They don't do, Guardiola has it, Klopp has it. They all know, know what they're doing. They play the same way, whoever they're playing against. Guardiola and, and Klopp can do that because their teams are better than everyone else, basically. So they can constantly play their own game. And it's funny, we're talking about Arsenal and you go, well, they beat team camp teams eight games in a row playing the same way. Don't go to Liverpool and play that way. But if you're not expecting Arsenal to win the league, which you're not, because they're just not as good a team as some of those others yet and haven't got the squads, then why shouldn't they just at least keep built, keep doing what they're doing? And if they're going to get thumped 4-5-0 by the best in the league at one point, OK, but if they can go on another eight-game winning streak now, playing that same way... why if You know, they, you know they, game, they haven't been on an eight-game winning streak. Or whatever it is, eight-game unbeaten. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 something uh, like I know what you're talking about. Let's not get into particulars. Mark said earlier about the difference between Benitez and Bruce, right? Even though they've yeah. got the same record. Morale and fan and fans being on the side is a big fucking deal for me. And I think for most people. So if you go into a game like this and you've got Arsenal fans have been so against Arteta for, for quite a while now. Yeah. And there was starting to be some good feels with the team. You can tell the team are playing well and they, they're happy to play for Arsenal. The fans are on side. And then you have a game like this where you give away two goals and you're getting thumped by Liverpool. And you don't you yeah, we shouldn't win, but I think it's just important to try to keep games relatively close and keep the fans on side. Do you start losing 4-0 and then maybe next game we lose against Newcastle who we shouldn't do? It just sets a bad I don't know, atmosphere. And I'm just, hey? 
bogey team, aren't they? You've had a few. Yeah, what I'm saying it's like it just it just makes it, it just. It just makes things a little bit uncomfortable. Early kick off as well. Oh, that'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah, so I don't know. I just say, just don't. I don't think the fans would expect you to play above board team and beat Liverpool. Just don't get thumped. But they did it, so there you go. You're such an Arsenal fan. Well, I mean, fuck's sake, like, yeah, maybe I am. I don't know. We're all assholes. I always say Arsenal fans are dickheads, and I'm probably not any different than that. Um, should we do results league? Yeah. Yep. So. Last week, I said, well, 12.30 kickoff. Also, I needed to get them out of the way, just in terms of some of the teams we've got to win and lose. I had Leicester beating Chelsea 3-1. It was also about 10 minutes before kickoff, so I don't really think about that much. I thought we had did it for some reason. I know we hadn't, we'd missed a week. I nearly went for Chelsea, and I just thought, I'll save them for another day, because I'd already picked Leicester to lose. But they were actually the only away team that won this week. Um, I'm annoyed at myself. Yeah, there you go. I went, uh, obviously, they didn't. Chelsea won 3-0. Uh, Leicester are on the skid. Are Leicester any good? Are they bad? Are they terrible? What's going Leicester on? Leicester heavily reliant on their first team players. When they lose Ndidi, when they lose Tielemann, when they lose any of their top, their, their first 11, they're screwed. They're literally screwed. They're stuck. They have such a thin squad that I think that's... Arsenal's going to make top four though, aren't they? Maybe. No. Honestly, maybe. I, I, I would now back Conte, honestly. I hate Tottenham, but I would back him. Oh, I'd hate it if that were the case. Um, um, it's either United or West Ham. So it's two horse race. <laughs> yeah, look, right. Right. Yeah, you're, you're going on like Arsenal's got no chance. You're like, yeah, definitely Man United. The top four race is going to be really interesting. If Arsenal can keep up with what they're doing a bit, Spurs with Conte, if United can sort their shit out, which I worry about if it's an interim manager. And as you say, if Moyes keeps doing what he's doing at West Ham, all of a sudden, there's four or five teams in the mix. Yeah. It's really Some, somehow Wolves are in there as well. And you're like, yeah, I thought Wolves were bad this season. Yeah. Wolves like, like, relegation battle. Yeah. Yeah. He's going back in my team, Jimenez. He's back. Yeah. He can't score like... goal for love nor money. They've, they've, got, they've scored four, uh, 12 goals. They've conceded 12 goals. That's insane. And they're six. Yeah, but uh, don't forget, right, after four games, they were bottom and they hadn't won a game. We were saying they should have won all four of them. Like against Man United, they should not have lost. Against, the, against that Arsenal game, I think they didn't no. win. There were other teams that yeah. they should have won against. But that's why it's funny. Really I remember you, so. you, you giving Arsenal, you giving me shit because Arsenal were like near bottom of the table relegation battle. Now we're flying above oh, yeah. United. You got no chance. No. Yeah. No. Um, Danny, you went for Newcastle to beat Brentford two one, hoping for that new manager kind of rub. Yeah. No, three three. We just went. Quite that one. Yeah. And. Um, Mark went for Brighton to beat Aston Villa. Doesn't believe in Gerrard for some strange reason. Also, we'll make a believer of him yet. Oh, I like Gerrard. I know, I know he hates United and he's Liverpool and everything. But better, I think... better, better than uh, Potter. Who Gerrard? Yeah. No, I'd take Potter any day over Gerrard. Yeah, there you go. Brighton you said you would take one. Potter for Man United. That's absolutely. I would. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But now he's lost the game. He's he's terrible. So, yeah. No, no. Like, I'm, I'm not talking about Potter. I'm talking about Gerard here. I'm just I know, saying. but that's who he just beat, Potter. So I'm isn't, like, Mark, isn't that isn't that absolutely bananas that you take Potter to Man United? Am I crazy or is he crazy? Uh, in terms of if what you said about fans being on board is the reason I would I, I think it's crazy to consider Potter because yeah. the moment he loses two games in a row. There'll be waves of people saying that's amazing. I think the opposite. I think he's someone that would give a chance because you, if you're getting someone like him in the same way that Newcastle get how, if he loses a game or two, you go, I feel right, like if we got Potter, Danny, you would turn on him 
before I did. Honestly, the problem with even like every manager has has like some something, and and Potter would be he's not been at this level. Yeah. I even fear Pochettino if he if he doesn't win anything with PSG this season, then he'll come as yeah but that's it but like he he could even come as a oh he hasn't won something like so right this is a problem with our fans like just because someone's won something it's all fans like it's the media as well yeah but just because someone happened to win something a while ago look at what happened with van gaal and other like doesn't mean they're gonna go it's also managing that level it's like Graham Potter, has he ever even spoke to someone as good as a, a, a Ronaldo or Cavani or a Varane? Yeah, Ronaldo like, and Cavani are look the at... of United. Ronaldo and Cavani are there maybe this season and next at max. This isn't a few... This is a United team that we let take those two out. It's the youngest squad in the league. This is a United team full of kids who have no confidence, who need coaching, who need... You can't win anything with kids. Well, yeah. but you need a coach. You need someone who has a tactics, who has a way of playing, who can... And, and that's what I mean. Without... without fans like i'd say yeah it, it like I, I i just don't see how it, as soon as he loses two games in a row it, yeah. it, it would just turn on so, so, yeah i think it's i think if you've got a big if you've got an allegri or a zidane or whoever the moment he starts losing games and can't articulate why maybe, maybe everyone maybe everyone who manages man united after losing a couple games gets a bad rap like maybe that's just the, the chalice that is managing Manchester United. Maybe. It's the same thing with being England manager. It's like there's certain positions where it's a big job, it's a massive job, and the moment it starts sliding, same thing with Arsenal fans to a certain degree or being a manager of Arsenal. It's just who, who your fans are and the expectations. Some of these teams have too high expectations. I would much rather. I don't. I would. I'd rather not care and have anyone as a manager and get someone like a Van der Sar, someone at a director of football level, someone with some experience of the club, some experience of running football in some kind of management position in the United board. Because I still think, as I said at the start, whoever you put in there, they're going to struggle because they've got yeah, yeah. no one above them and knows what else is going on. Have you got your teams for results league? I've got yeah, one. I've got one. Have you? Have you got one, Mark? I do, but it's a home fixture, and you know I hate picking home fixtures. I've got a home fixture, so I'll go with my one first. Um, I'm going to go for... Uh, do you know what I forgot? Liverpool weren't second last year. Yeah, Man United were. Yeah, Man United Yeah, so I get to pick them twice. So I'm yeah, going Liverpool yeah. to beat Southampton 3-0. At home. I nearly went that one too. Um, yeah, I, well, the only other one I was going to go for was Man United to get thumped by Chelsea because he get dicked on. Also, yeah, that's, that's actually my. Look at you two! Look at you two! You go all of a sudden. You turn. You turn coats. Oh, I, love, I love my Michael Carrick's one of my, uh, my favorite players to ever played for United. Oh God, are you tearing up, Mark? But yeah, let end the pod now. End, yeah. end, <laughs> end, <laughs> But, All he but, needs but, is Jason Park as the assistant manager, and Mark's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I know him, Ever, and Park, and that's it. That's a that's a true sideline. Yeah, but I can imagine just it's going to be Mike Phelan and Michael Carrick looking gormless next to each other. Oh, like, what so do we bad. do? Unless Michael Carrick actually comes on and plays, I don't see us. Well, doing... also Lukaku is apparently back on the bench this week for the Champions League. So if he's back on Saturday, if you've got Reese James and Chilwell playing like they are, you've got Lukaku, you've got no centre backs other than Bay. I mean, it's a disaster waiting to happen, isn't it? Yeah, Bay red card. 
Yeah, buy your red card after four minutes. <laughs> uh, go on, what's the score then for Chelsea to beat Man United? What? Uh, was you going to go with that one, Danny? No, I'm, I've chosen I'll a change. different I'm, right, I'm going to go Chelsea 2, United 1. Oof, brave. One goal. I thought you were going to do a 4 nil. No, might. no. I don't, I, it could be like a Man City. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I want to see us tomorrow and see how we get on. Cause, uh, yeah. I, um, I'm going for an away fixture because I need the points. Uh, so I'm going to go for Spurs. I think under Conte, they're going to be really tough to beat. They weren't brilliant yesterday. I watched that game. They weren't fantastic, but Regulon came to the rescue. They weren't fantastic. Um, it's annoying. I saw you put him in, Mark, and I, I so nearly put him in. And then because I had to swap Sanchez out, I put Loris in my team. I didn't put anyone in. I thought I did all my stuff before the international break. It turns out I didn't. So then <laughs> I looked, and I had Aubameyang as captain. And uh, I think Danny is either... Is Danny gone? I think he's frozen, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you've gone for Spurs to beat Burnley. We're recapping as you've just frozen. Uh, what's the score away from home? Yeah, 2-0. Burnley are on fire right now, right? You're going to give them a nil, nil point, nil goals. Conte, defence, that's what right. he does. Fair enough. Um, I am also going to back that decision uh, with my um, my fantasy football pick for the All Talk team, and I'm going to take out Tarkowski. He's injured, and I'm putting Regulon. Regulon, new Marcos Alonso, happiest guy in the world. Yeah. He is happiest guy in the world. He was. That was a funny interview with him, actually. So, Danny, you picked Burnley to lose three times. You're on the. Uh, you know when someone you know when someone speaks <laughs> in another language, they speak English in another language. You like, I bet you they sound as stupid in their own language. That's regular. You mean like Unai Emery? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, all right. Good stuff. Uh, that The scores on the doors are... Danny is... Oh, fuck me, Danny. Oh, <laughs> brutal. Oh, I, can't even, I don't even want to tell anyone. Oh, my. Don't worry, I'm getting four points this week and I'll yeah. be back with <laughs> Danny's, Danny's last with five points. Mark's second with ten points and I'm leading the way with 13 points. I'm having a bad time. I keep picking Burnley to lose. That's where I'm going. Yeah, wrong. I was going to say, I'm just looking now. Have you actually <laughs> got any points with them to lose? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're very strong at home and you love an the away fixture. The thing is, I really, I really look at who I'm picking to lose. I'm just picking teams to win based on who I need to pick rather than the actual full. I, I really should pay more attention. And that's it, because, as you say, you go away to try and get the extra point. And Burnley yeah. at home are quite good. So, uh, that's the problem. <laughs> uh, have you written mine in, Chris? I have, yeah. Why? Because I can't see it on the list. I can't I've... either, actually. What did you say? <laughs> Which oh, sorry, me. it's me, it's me. Did you delete? You deleted the line? No, no, it's there, it's there, it's there, it's there. Oh, okay, we're there, yeah. Oh, yeah. Away, yeah, yeah. Spreadsheet trick. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, I believe that all that's left is front three, back four. Mm-hmm. Unless we've got other football stuff to get on with. Oh, Champions League draft. We've got Champions no, League. No, no, that's next week. We've done that. We did that. Are you sure? Yeah, because it's game week five, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like, yeah but we get I, to change after those points. Well, I brought, in, I brought in Ajax and they yeah. scored points for me last week. So are we not on another round of changing? Oh, yes, we are. Are we? Yeah. I guess so. So uh, last time Mark got 235 points, I got 345 points, and Danny got 465 points. Back Yay. in the game. Back Finally in the game. In there. 
So that means Mark gets to change first, then it's me, then it's Danny. The full scores are Danny is last again, 100, 1,110 points. Very Close low to. score. Very, very low score. It's pathetic, actually, I would say. Um, Mark is middle of the road with 1,215 points. And I am just... Easing just ahead with 1,225 points. Mark, do you want to change any of your teams, seeing uh, as none of us is prepared for this? Okay. Yeah, I was like, this is not the game to go unprepared yeah. for, isn't it? No I'm literally one. three goals away from Mark in score-wise, so I'm not too worried. Now look at you. Um, Getting all defensive. Unlike Man United. I am worried about my Man United. <laughs> but they're top of the league. <laughs> top of their group. So... Well, Chelsea were similar last last year. Set the manager, won it. So yeah, exactly. Let's hope. Do you, do you want to I change any? I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to change any. I'll tell you that. You you've got PSG, Milan, Salzburg, and Man City. Milan and Salzburg both going out. Is there anyone you can swap them for? Not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you could. Porto. What are Porto do? This is not the game to be like. Um, also look like they're going through at the moment. They're, oh, they've got Atletico Madrid to be though. Ooh. What do you mean? I've got Salzburg. They're top of their league. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought they'd be now in a terrible time. Are you checking the other Red Bull? I'm staying the same. This is not good listening. I'm the same. Yeah, this is terrible listening. Um, just for the yeah. sake of... I'm thinking of Leipzig, sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to take out Sheriff and I'm going to put in Club Bruges. Okay. Who are Club Bruges playing? They're playing... Um, they were playing a bad team. They're playing Leipzig. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's not a bad shout, actually, at home. Uh, Thank you. They have a great... Noah Lang is an awesome player they've got. Um, keep an eye out for him. Uh, I am going to stick with mine because they're all going through, I reckon. If Wolfsburg can pick up some points, I should have all four through. Lovely. There you go. Easy. Still, may I lose to Villarreal and go out, but well. Um, yeah, I'm glad we did that. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Champions League draft is done. Front three, back four. Yeah. I will go first. I will go first uh, in my back four this week. Is I'm, I'm just going to say it. Racism. Racism is in my back four. It's always been anyone's back four. Um, I was going to say um, glass houses because. Racism has become somewhat of a news topic within the cricketing world. Yeah. We've all seen this. Azim Rafiq, a um, lot of racism connected to his name because of his anti-Semitic tweets. No, uh, he, he was also subjected to a lot of racism himself. So, yeah, that was a strange one, isn't it? I, I think I saw some of his interview and he was crying and he was obviously upset about the whole thing. And then it came out that he had sent tweets a while back in terms of his racism towards Jewish, the Jewish community. So apologise for that, Dan, on, on, on his behalf. Um, I don't know, just one of those ones where you're like, it's just, it's just interesting how no one can do anything right these days, even when you try and complain about it. Like, that's why you should not say things that you know could come up in the future against you, right? Yeah, which is why you say whatever you like on this pod because no one's ever going to find it or hear it. <laughs> I know our two, our two listeners. I don't know, but they're going to. People will search the archives and code oh. of Twitter to. Oh my god! Oh my god! But they will not listen to. But they will not listen to one hour, yeah. ten minutes of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as like, they've, they've been talking, they've been talking about the League for about thirty-five minutes now. There's absolutely no way I'm getting through this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Oh, wait, if, if I ever make it famous, we're all fucked, you know that. So I, I'm just going to... right? It's you. No, <laughs> you're associated with me. You're associated. Me and Mark will be the ones making money because we're the only ones that know <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, but the show won't be the same without me. You know this. Yeah, so, it, must um, go, it must go on though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at that. You already get rid of me. <laughs> Fucking hell. Is this racism again? You, I was going to make a Jewish joke, but no, we'll keep it out of my mouth. Um, that's what I wanted to do. And I don't really want to take that too seriously. In my front three this week is equality. Equality front three, always good. That's a, also a good juxtaposition to racism because we know racism has no equality, except when you just hate everyone, which is a useful trait. Um, the Brits have decided to get rid of their male and female categories for award ceremonies. So um, the happiest to most is Sam Smith. They are very happy it's because uh, they weren't able to win certain awards. But now they are looking forward to a time where awards, award shows can be reflected of the society we live in. So we all know these and them. So I'm glad that we can now be reflective of society because when I go outside and I see they and them, I, uh, I'm, I'm upset that they are unhappy. But, but now the risk will be, let's say, the next ten are won by men. Well, I mean, will I wasn't going to say, Mark. Clearly, but, you know, throughout this, throughout however long, men have dominated most things. This isn't like a physical sporting competition. This isn't where, like, no, no, no. But it, this is I'm actually, just thinking this could backfire if the scenario occurs. Well, if that, as long as it's not, as long as it's not white men, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> it could go down that way. <laughs> <in America, laughs> yeah. The thing is, uh, if Sam Smith wins for the next five years, they're going to be like, uh, I don't know. Well, I was going to say, there's, that's the opposite. What if one person wins everything all the time? What if Ed everything. No, do you know what? I'm actually interested. I am genuinely interested because I think in terms of sports, I do think that the 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 genders or whatever words we want to use for it, there's a reason why they're split. With some of these stuff, we've been talking about like awards for acting and singing and where there is no real reason for it to be separate because yeah. Yeah. there are no physical benefits to it per se. So if we see an instance where one gender is getting more than the others in terms of this mixed bag of, of, of awards here, I'll be interested to see the, the, the outcome. Because yeah. I, actually, I actually generally think that more women are going to win it than men. Because like, it seems to me like there's more women out there in the singing world. So who knows? Who knows? Um, Until they're cheering. I've always wanted to see dominates. Ed Sheeran versus Adele. I've always wanted to know who the public prefers. So now we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Ed Sheeran. But I also like Adele. But which which one do I like more? <laughs> For our older yeah. listeners who watched Harry Hill. Yeah. Yes. Great times. Great times. Definitely don't Real get them fighting. Definitely don't get them fighting. So, um, yeah, there you go. A lot of social right. stuff in my front three back four, which is a, a far I just hope. I, the only re- I care nothing for awards apart from pub quizzes. So, if it's reduced the amount of awards by half, that's a lot less knowledge I have to try and remember. So there's a benefit to it. Yeah, you were pretty poor in that pub quiz the other week. I didn't even try. I know you were hungover, but... Yeah. That's a tough quiz. Um, Plus, if, when, when you're late, everyone, everyone's got all the open goals. So, uh, yeah, we're all on it. Yeah. Oh, like, no, it's true. If you, if you arrive to the quiz sort of five minutes, ten minutes late, the easy questions have been well, answered. Thought, you're like, oh, I knew that, that one. <laughs> yeah. We thought of that. That quiz, there was just too many questions. Go on, who's next? Oh, it's tough. Oh. tough quiz. 
Go on, I'll, go, uh, I'll go. My back four is um, poorly thought out uh, hashtags. So the new Spider-Man films coming out, and they did their promo and did a few hashtags. And we know Doctor Octopus is in it, so they did the hashtag Doctor Oc, which um, if you recapitalize the word words uh, the letters sorry it makes uh, do cock so, so uh, <laughs> people started going just retweeting spider-man with do cock so uh, they had to to redo their tweet taking that that away so um yeah no, no one spotted that because they had obviously they did the capital g and capital o and then yeah it got re taken and put as a uh, I'm trying to find one. Wasn't there one that Adele did about someone's anal party? Yeah, there was something like that. I can't remember what it is now. Oh, uh, I did hashtag oh, anal oh, party. Oh, Duke Cock, Duke to... Cock. Yeah, sorry, I've just got it. Yeah. I did hashtag anal party and it went straight to Pornhub. <laughs> you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you think I've got to work. <laughs> Do you know he's Googled it and it's got the it's got the purple link where he's already been on it. It's like you've clicked on this before. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um very good. I hadn't even I was looking at the house doc. I was like, do oh doc hock. Yeah, I get it now. Great, very good. Yeah. People are so, uh, yeah. yeah, they they didn't really think it through. My front front three today is probably only person in the world who'd ever put him in your front three is Boris Johnson. So I don't know if you've seen his speeches what today. So no. he, he's been doing a, a speech at the CBI, which is like the British, something British industry. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, there's a, an awkward clip of him where he loses his fort and, and he's got his papers and it takes him about 25 seconds to redo his speech. And it's a bit cringe, but he starts waffling on about how good Pepper Pig world is and, and how Peppa Pig oh, was, a, yeah, yeah, like a good export. And I'm just like, I know it. Like when you take a step back from politics, like I, I, I got caught up in it about a year ago, and because of lockdown, I've, I've sort of removed myself from it a bit. He's, a, it's actually just quite funny listening to him waffle. I'm like, I know it, it's going to infuriate people who care a lot about this stuff, but yeah. I actually just found the clip quite funny. And I'm like, I know he's like, I find sometimes. Is he just? Is he that clever that he's actually just a com- a comedian yeah. and he buffoon. knows he's spe- yeah he's but he knows his buffoonness can actually come across quite funny and I was like yeah he's little waffle about Peppa Pig world and how it's quite a, a good world there's like no crime they're strict at school and stuff like that I found like a little bit funny um, yeah but if you if you are deep in the political world and you've got your side maybe don't watch it because. You might start thinking, "Hang on, this guy is meant to run a country." Um, but I find, as a clip itself, it it can be a bit funny. I don't think that's making fun of his leader. To be to be, to be fair to him, he's never changed. I mean, he's always been a buffoon. He's always been an idiot, yeah. and that's how he got hired. So you know, yeah, I do, I just find his waffling like hilarious. Like when he went to China and told them that we invented ping pong, and it. Uh, we invented it in a room and it was called Wiff Waff. <laughs> and it turns out he just made the, the entire story up. You're just like, it's just funny. Um, but yeah, it's sad if, if, if you think if you this care about the country, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, but just try to remove that for, yeah, from this. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, great. Um, all right. 
in my back four um, this week, unfortunately, I have to bring it back to football. Um, but it was news that was uh, out there. Um, the Premier League football for an hour. I know, but the Premier League are in my back four because Ollie's gone. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> Eddie Howe's been hired. <laughs> no, because uh, I did. You see this week the new international TV deal that was struck with NBC Sports. Um, yes, so there was a two billion pound six year deal, the biggest sports and TV deal in history with NBC Sports for the Premier League. Now the reason oh. the Premier League in my back four is because um, they've been really smart. So I won't go. You know, obviously there's been all the nonsense with the. Um, See uh, the director leaving, basically being pushed out by all the heads of the clubs because they weren't happy with him and the Saudi takeover and whatever. But now there's sort of uh, all of a sudden they're letting this go through. And um, the thing that everyone's missed is that the domestic TV rights, the thing we've always had going for us with Sky, with BT, is that they're split evenly across the league. So the reason the likes of the Watfords and Norwiches of the world can still compete and buy players and compete in the Premier League, sort of, is because they've got some decent money. The, but what the top clubs saw a few years back is, hold on a minute, the likes of Sky, the likes of BT and all that, they're, they're waning, they're struggling, particularly now with COVID. We think all the money's in international distribution rights. So actually, um, I don't know if you know this, but the international distribution rights are not distributed evenly across the league at all. In fact, the top six get 50% of all of the international rights, of which they've just signed a £2 billion deal. So nice. all of a sudden... You look at Spain, you look at Italy, you look at all these countries that have screwed their league because you give all the money to either Barcelona or Real Madrid or whatever. And here we are for years going, yeah, it's all good because we've got an even playing field and it's fair. Before you know it, the next five, ten years, when they've got billion deals with uh, Saudi Arabia, with Asia, with China, with Brazil, with North America, and all that money's flowing into the league and the likes of the billion pounds from BT and Sky, which used to sound big, isn't. All of a sudden, all the big clubs are going to be getting all the money and all the little clubs are not. And uh, that is very, very worrying because they've signed a six-year deal. And that is a long deal. They've never signed more than a three-year deal in the Premier League because they like to keep it competitive. But signed a six-year deal. So is it named to the clubs, though, to the top six? I was going to say, is that why Man United got rid of Solskjaer? No, well, well, that is part. So, yeah, I, you talk about social. I know we talk about it a lot, but yeah, no, it's the top six, the, the teams that finish in the top six. But the problem That's with slightly that is, better than other leagues, which are it's like Madrid better. and Barca will get it regardless of where they finish. Yeah, it's like, slightly better, but it's still no good for teams that you, you know, the top six is becoming the Chelsea's, the Liverpool's, the, the Man City's, the Spurs, and wherever in the world are going to pretty regularly be up there. So and I mean, they the already league. are, but they already are. It just builds that berth a little bit wider, I guess. Yeah. I, I thought just the Premier like League it. and UEFA were the heroes when, when the Super League women was starting up and, and how <laughs> evil the clubs were. And they the poor Premier League, which is like the, people's, then, well, the people's League. It's, uh, it's gone very under the radar. No one's talking about it. But for me, I look at that deal and I think that is a bit dangerous because, yeah, there is a chance that a Villa could finish sixth. Great. One season, they might get a bit more money. But we're talking in the hot, in, you know, look over the last 10 years, generally it's the same kind of teams that are going to be earning all the money and that chasm is going to get bigger and bigger every year. And before you know it, we'll be back to where we were a few years I mean, it's, it's already that way for the most part. I mean, what else yeah. can you do? And you to be honest, I think if you've got a league where you've got a big six. It's a bit like when Newcastle now potentially wanted to be a, a big club and you're like, well, that would make it like a big seven. And you're like, at, at some point, you, you don't need that many big teams. Like, I think six is a good number because two, two won't make it into the Champions League each year. So 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's been rather complimentary to some of the teams that are still considered the big six. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. Are Leicester in that? Are you counting Leicester in the six? No. I actually don't know. I don't know who you're referring to outside of three or four teams. Like, well, the yeah, traditionally <laughs> it's, yeah. The I think there's already eight. I think there's already eight. City and Tottenham. My, I think the, the point here is there's probably seven or eight big teams that could all finish in the top six. There's the likes of Newcastle and others who could probably come along and start competing. The Villas and the Everton's of the world if they got their shit together. So you could start having 10, 11, 12 really competitive teams, which is kind of what you want for a really good league. But all of a sudden, what might start happening over the next few years is the chasm between the six that start finishing more regularly at the top and there's that middle ground that we're catching up. That's going to change. And they and the Premier League know this. And the big clubs who've got these deals over the line, who made sure that the top six are going to get more money out of it, they knew this. And they don't they don't like the Newcastles of the world coming and yeah. taking their pie. So then it could also be, it might not be that bad because you see like the race to not get in the Europa League spots. That that will might become a thing of the past. Do you remember when Arsenal and Man United had that season? They were both like yeah. seventh. It felt like they were trying to lose matches because it's like, Oh, next year will be better if we're not in the Europa League. So maybe there could be some some benefit to it. All right, Dan, let's get off football. What's your front three? Uh, my front three, uh, I mentioned it to you guys earlier, but we were off air, is um, the metaverse, the collective metaverse, or in fact, just um, gaming and the future of gaming. But uh, I mentioned to you guys today, I sold my first bit of virtual land today. Can you believe that? Wow. I mean, actual wow. money selling something that doesn't exist wow. to... I don't know who, someone in America probably, uh, some kid who's just wants to buy some land in a digital game. Um, but the reason it, the reason I like it, I like the whole Facebook metaverse thing, nonsense, all of that, whatever, fine. But uh, the thing I really like is the development of gaming and where it's going. And you can say what you like about NFTs, about cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, whatever you like. The gaming industry is... I can say a lot about those things. But the gaming industry is primed for that. It is perfect for that world because it's an opportunity to, uh, rather than a central company owning a game and you spend a fortune on Candy Crush or on FIFA um, buying your cards, and where's that money going? It's just going to a company. Instead, all of a sudden, they're building games where all that money you're paying can start paying you back because you're buying stuff that you own that's tokenized. They can start earning you back money. And there's a whole world of pay to earn that's coming with gaming which is just fascinating and i think the next two or three years gaming as we know it is gonna just change drastically and i i'm really excited for it because well the three we like gaming we've always been into our consoles and gaming probably not like the youth of today and if it was then what it is now i'd like to think we'd have made a lot of money but um yeah you, say, you, you start saying to your wife that you've been playing fifa all day and uh, she doesn't understand why you're not going to work I guess yeah, but you if you're earning more money, money by doing that than going to work, is she going to be that bothered? I don't know. I don't, I don't live with your wife. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, to be I, fair, when I showed, I showed her the, the property that I sold for a few hundred dollars, I, and she just looked at me like, you're such a weird... Oh, I told her I sold some property, and she looked at me like, you're such a geek. What is wrong with you? And I said, I sold it for a few hundred dollars. She was like, okay, what, are we selling more? What's going on? I'm like, yeah, okay, now you're interested. You're mixed off of this. You yeah. say, and here's the prenup. There you go. Uh, I just found <laughs> that I just found that hashtag. It's, it was actually Susan Boyle's hashtag. She released an album in 2012, and the hashtag was Susan Album Party. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. For those that don't get it, it, it hashtag to Sue's anal bum party. 
<laughs> that is great. No one saw that. <laughs> uh, imagine, imagine if Susan Boyle. Yeah, she was like, no, that's correct. <laughs> that's a good way to end it. Yeah, lovely. Right, we shall see you next week. Maybe, maybe not. After some Champions League and uh, more football. Right, see you next week. Bye. Ciao.